short story, The Visit. Autumn was cold that year, frigid by all accounts, but in Chicago, I hardly noticed, since I couldn't see many signs of life on the south side, much less the beauty of autumn that I was accustomed to from my Wisconsin upbringing. I felt cold most of the time I lived there, no matter the season. I taught kids for as far back as I could remember. Now I was getting paid to follow my passion. It was a good deal, except I felt like a fish out of water. My white skin didn't fit in. My naivete often set me up for a fall, and my past haunted me. Dealing with kids from broken homes kept me safe from dealing with my own broken life. Teaching assured me that I was in charge, until a letter arrived. My dad had been out of my life for so many years, I could hardly remember his face. I harbored no hatred, no guilt, just a mountain of sadness. Sadness that kept me comfortable in its very familiarity. Like walls, and a mountain makes a terrific wall. During my second year in Chicago, I received a letter from my father. He was going to be on the North Shore, touring with his new wife. They were both highly educated, well-paid, and living in another world. I remember the feel of the crisp, thick paper in my hand, and my surprise that it had actually traversed the distance from his home out east to my present abode. Quality paper, like that, hardly seemed real as I scanned the stained cement sidewalk, the broken glass littering the street, the scraps of candy papers blown by a forlorn wind. He had asked if he could stop by and see me. A short visit, since he'd only spend the weekend in town. But would I mind seeing him, visiting a bit? I stuffed the letter in my jacket pocket and descended the apartment steps. Looking around, I realized there was nowhere for me to go. My lesson plans were complete for the following week. The after-school kids had gone home hours ago. Everyone I knew was gone for the day. Yet I must go somewhere. I trudged back to school with no object in mind. It was late on Friday afternoon. No one would be around. I crossed the playground toward the red brick building, and I saw Mr. Carroll. His stooped back bent over a broom as he swept up the latest mess in a continuous stream of litter and broken bottles. I wondered for the zillionth time where all the glass came from. Did vicious little gremlins dance about each night and sprinkle broken bits like confetti? Hardly likely but it was a better vision than the alternative. I stepped up to the old man, though I realized anew that he wasn't really old. It was his clothes, his shoulders, and his demeanor that left the impression of elderliness, oldness, worn out like his faded jeans. Hey, Mr. Carroll, you're working late. It was a stupid comment. He worked early, late, and all the time in between. A maintenance man's work is never done. Mr. Carroll turned, startled, 
He rarely spoke, and I never dared to break through his own private wall. But this time, he smiled. Looking me up and down, he seemed to see something that I didn't realize I was showing. With a wave of his hand, he pointed to the cement steps leading to the front door. Hey, yourself, young lady, what are you doing here? Feeling very much like one of the kids I taught, I shrugged. I didn't have an answer, except the one in my pocket. He leaned the broom against the wall and lowered himself to the middle step and gestured. Sit a minute. Keep an old man company. I remember the burning tears that filled my eyes. I didn't want to cry. I didn't want my mountain to crumble. But I sat anyway. For a brief second, it seemed as if the world was perfect, as if everything were where it was supposed to be, and I was destined to be sitting on the third step with a man in faded jeans and a worn blue shirt. I clasped my hands tight, hoping to hold my voice steady. Do you have any kids, Mr. Carroll? Mr. Carroll looked off into the blurry distance and tented his fingers in a steeple position, as if in prayer. Yeah, I do. A daughter. But I haven't seen her since she was a baby. He looked at me. She'd be about your age by now. The rightness of things settled into quiet conviction as I sighed. I have a dad. He smiled. Most do. I haven't seen him for a long time. I pulled the letter out of my pocket. Mr. Carroll stayed very still, as if he was afraid of frightening a mouse back into its hole. I tapped the cream-colored envelope. He's going to be in town and wants to see me, but it's been an awfully long time, and he's bringing his wife. Mr. Carroll leaned back onto the second step and stretched his legs. You know, I have thought of writing such a letter many times, though I have no wife to bring along, he sighed. But you know, my writing's not so good, and my girl's got her own life now. Besides, I don't have anything to offer. It's too late to meet up and start over. But still, I'd like to tell her something. The earth was rumbling under my feet. I could feel clods of dirt scuttle past me as my mountain and my voice shook. What would you tell her? I'd tell her that I never stopped thinking about her, that I wish I had been a better man, a better father, a real dad. He shook his head. There's no excuse, I know. I failed. I wasn't there for her and I'll always be in the wrong about that. He stood up and took the broom from the wall. But you know, I regret it, deeply. I think of her every day. I stood up and crunched the letter back into my pocket. You think I should see him? This time, Mr. Carroll shrugged. I found that it wasn't the things I'd done that I regretted most. It was the things I didn't do, the things I left undone. You know what I mean? I pictured the lined school paper stacked on a shelf in my apartment, 
It wasn't thick and fancy, but it was letter-sized. Yeah, I do. Mr. Carroll returned to his endless sweeping as he nodded. Good. Good. 